Welcome to the Top Secret Wedding Podcast. And today's top secret tip is if you find yourself putting things in your contract that you're not really willing to go to bat for on the wedding day, probably doesn't belong in your contract. Want to learn how to protect yourself through preparation? Listen to this episode. This is the Top Secret Wedding Podcast, where we share top secret tips to help you take your wedding game to the next level. I'm Annika, and I'm a wedding coordinator, enthusiast, and venue manager for one of the best venues in Idaho. I'm Chris, and I'm a DJ, master of ceremonies, and all-around lover of weddings. We're on a mission to improve weddings and wedding professionals everywhere. Today, we are talking about protecting yourself through preparation. What does that mean? I mean, really, it's so important. It's how you're going to prepare in order to protect yourself, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. um, And, you know, I think there's a few different areas where you can think about protecting yourself. Obviously, legally, you want to be able to protect yourself legally. Um, I always think if you don't have something in place that's the time that you're going to need it, right? Like just yeah. by, by fate or something. Right, yeah. So if you don't have a contract in place, that's the time that you you really needed it. So um, yeah, legally, I think also your performance to make sure that you're protecting your performance, the integrity of what you do, um, protecting your reviews, I think is important uh, and protecting your clients as well and also your employees. So there are just some steps that I think you can take and we won't cover every single one, but there are some steps that you can take that I think can really help just make you feel more confident in going through your everyday work in your business. Yeah, I will say too, you know, even everything that we cover today, um, unfortunately, just the nature of it, there's going to be something we don't hit. For sure. And when it happens, that's when you figure it out. And yep. You're like, oh, that's just the nature of it. But, you know, that's the biggest learning to it all. And yeah. 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 You have to, I mean, you have to go through those. You have to learn those (laughs) lessons. You have to learn how to do it the wrong way so you can do it the right way. Exactly. So for me, I really think I actually didn't put this on here, but now that I'm thinking about it, um, it starts with your messaging to your clients through your marketing, through your website, through your social media. All of those things can really help set the tone for what you offer and what you do for your clients so that when you get on the sales call, you're not having to re-educate your clients on what you do. 1,000%. I completely agree. I think, too, with your um, wording and messaging, that's going to give them the expectation. You know, if you're very casual, they're going to be like, oh, well, it's going to be very casual. But if you're, you know, a little more professional, not as casual, it's going to set a different expectation. Yeah, I had a, uh, a client call me, and it turns out we couldn't actually do his wedding, but um, he called me and I said, well, I'm not available, but this other, this other guy is. And he said, oh, I looked at his website and it wasn't good. And that tells me that his performance is not going to be good. I was like, whoa, that's like yeah. quite a leap. But, uh, but it's like, it's not true, but like the perception of it is yeah, yeah, totally yeah. true. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, um, and funny thing, um, I helped him, you know, try and find somebody else and, couldn't actually help him find somebody, but I went out of my way and he left me a review that said, really, I couldn't hire this guy, but he was awesome. But he was great. So, um, yeah, even if you don't pick up that, that business, you're still setting a tone and protecting yourself. Um, cause yeah, I mean, could you imagine it going the other way saying, no, I'm not available. I'm already booked. You idiot. Like, right. Could have gone the other way. So 
you just got to protect yourself that way. I completely agree. Um, so sales calls, do you do anything in particular when you're talking to a client for the first time? Is there anything in particular that you do to kind of protect your performance, your people, any of that? That's a great question. So, I mean, as far as like, since we're a venue, our typical sales call is a tour. You know, that's okay. the first time they typically have done all their research online and then they're like, okay, hey, let's go see it, you yeah. know? Um, but I think really having standardized policies in place, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So, okay, so like one example I have is we always confirm before the appointment. Even if it was set the day before and they're like, hey, can I come tour tomorrow? Yeah. Day of, you call and you confirm. Smart. It's a smaller thing, but because we've had a lot of times where people are like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. And yeah, I'll be there. Or if they're running late and you call five minutes in and you're like, hey, I just had you on the calendar for today. If you didn't confirm it, more often than not, they're like, wow, I've totally spaced it. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's a smaller example, but then you've got your staff there for no reason. And it's just, you know, it's just sucky. Nobody likes a no show. Yeah. Um, But that's like a small policy we have in place to protect that so that doesn't happen. Yeah. So. But you're setting yourself up for... Yeah, for success if you're if you're doing it that way, mm-hmm. um, if you're confirming. Uh, I think also, you know, when I talk to them, I set the expectations for what they're going to get when they hire me. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes even use the phrase, hiring me is honestly a little bit more work on your part because I'm going to ask you to do more, but you're going to get more exactly. as well. Exactly. Um, so that way, when I start asking them for details about their love story, they're not like, whoa, whoa, they're whoa. They're completely shocked. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're setting up that expectation. Yep, exactly. I also make it a habit. I always try and look for something. I have to phrase this carefully, but look for something that I can advise them on during the sales call. Mm-hmm. Not something that I really want to correct them on, but something I can advise something them on. Something to add value and show your worth. Something to show that I am not just going to sit idly by and let them make all the decisions oh, that I'm great. going to help them. So for example, a simple one is I ask them, how many people are you going to have at your ceremony? And they say, you know, we'll have like 50, 75, something like that. And I tell them, okay, uh, whether you hire me or not, outside, if you're having a ceremony, Anything more than about 40 people, you're going to want some sort of sound reinforcement, some speakers, some something so that people can hear the officiant, right? Yeah. Um, And that way they know like I'm a professional and I'm not just going to roll over. I'm going to help them through the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's very smart. Yeah, it helps. It helps. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So Uh, another thing that this is, I think we've talked about this on the pet peeve episode, but Hiring per hour versus hiring per event. I think hiring per event sets you up for success as a and protects you in case the event ends early. Mm-hmm. I have actually never, I, I don't know. I don't know what people do if they're planning to go to 8 o'clock, the wedding ends at 6 o'clock, and they hired a package that goes to 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Do the clients come back and ask for the two hours worth back? I don't know. Right. So... I think hiring per event saves you. Yeah, I think too, a lot of times, I feel like a lot of times as vendors, we don't give our clients, um, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to for, but we don't give them the credit that they deserve. Yeah. Um, a lot of times with things like this, if you just talk to them logically, they'll get it. So instead of trying to like make the sale and be like, 
oh, well, you want this and try to, you know, convince them. Yeah. Give give them some credit. And if you just say, you know what, logically, like a lot of times we get people who are like, well, I only want to have my reception there. Do you do it by the hour? And instead of just going, no, that's crazy. Like, right. you know, instead use the logic, give them some credit and just say, you know, we want you to have the best day possible. We don't want there to be multiple people using the grounds. Right. So we just rent it by the day so that you get full use and there's no, no one else. And then they're usually like, oh, well, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Like give them some credit. Just be logical and reason with them, and a lot of times they'll they'll get it. Yeah. So, I I think my logic is better than everybody else's logic, right? That's mm-hmm. the that's the reason I use it, right? Um, and sometimes I'm wrong, and I get that. Um, but what I'm looking for, my clients, are people that are aligned with what I believe. Yes. So if I give them my logic and they disagree with it, then that's good. You're because, probably not aligned, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, so it's really again, it's protecting myself, making sure that I have the ideal client for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. With protecting yourself, a lot of times we'll get clients in who they kind of like to test the boundaries and say, okay, so this sure. is what's included, but if I book, will you throw this in? Will you throw this in? And a good way to protect yourself is to stay true to your purpose and your value. Yeah. So. You know, of course, you want to make that sale. And of course, if that helps you close it and say, you know what, I'll throw this in. It's not horrible, but stick to who you are to protect yourself. Because if you start throwing a bunch of stuff in, it just doesn't ring true, if that makes sense. Because then you'll get other clients that are like, hey, I heard you threw this in. Why didn't I get that? Or whatever. Like, protect yourself by staying true to yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. And actually, I wanted to talk about that with contracts. So um, when we had Sierra from Little Bird Boise on, she said that the contract is the bare minimum of what she offers. Mm -hmm. And I love that because you can set like, these are what you can absolutely expect from me. Yeah. But it sets you up to to be able to fulfill more, Mm -hmm. to go above and beyond. So if they can see like, okay, in the contract, he's only going to do this, this, and this. But on the day of, he did these other three things too. Yeah. Which was awesome. We didn't expect him to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that, that having that in your contract of what you absolutely will do, I think it just it sets you up for success. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, one kind of random thing with contracts too is, yeah. again, I think you need to use the logical side. Sometimes we'll get couples who come in and they... They read the contract. They're so excited to book, but they're like, mm, I don't like this clause. Can you take that out? Yeah. And to protect yourself, like really your contract should be a non-negotiable. Like yeah. it's not it's not a document that you go and negotiate with. Right. It's no, this is my contract. You can very politely, you can sign it or you don't have to. Like yeah. don't don't use that contract as a, a sales pitch. Yeah. If that makes sense. I agree. I, I mean, I think there are some things, I guess, I don't know. Maybe I have to think about this, but in my contract, I'm thinking if there's anything I would negotiate out. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there are because it's, I mean, I think my contract is three pages long, um, but it basically is like, um, I will show up and do a good job and you will pay mm-hmm. me. Uh, yeah. Everything that I need will be provided for me and everything that you need, I will provide for you. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one time that, so in my clause, I have, just to protect myself, yeah, I have something in there that says if the performance starts 10 minutes late that you get 10% off or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something, yeah. I don't know. And a client wanted to remove that clause. And I was like, I mean, I'll remove it, but that's just there to protect you. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I think probably if you have things 
in your contract that are negotiable, then they shouldn't be in your contract. Yeah, that's the thing. You got yeah. to use your best judgment because even like we'll negotiate some things in terms of, you know, if we decide, oh, hey, we want to throw in the dance floor, then yes, we will adjust that. Yeah. Um, I am a very firm believer in never just completely changing it, but instead like use the little line through it to show that, well, it does cost this much, but you're getting it for this much. Yes. You know, yeah. I think that is critical. You want to show what you're providing. That way they can't question, well, did I get a discount or not? Like, yeah. um, but use your best discretion. The thing is a lot of times like we'll get people that are like, well, this is just one example, but we have a clause that we, it's so silly, but we can't control the weather. Like, <laughs> we get it though. We can't control the weather. And if the weather isn't cooperating like it might affect your day you know we can't stop rain from raining or whatever right and we'll get people that'll be like well i don't like that can you take that out and it's like can't i'm sorry i can't like <laughs> so i could take it out but it's not gonna affect the weather right. like so yeah you just have to be so careful when you're going to change your contract yeah if that makes sense yeah so yeah i think i think you're right sometimes i see Man, we're really harping on this, but sometimes I see um, other DJs specifically say like they anything that goes wrong, they add it to their contract. Mm -hmm. But the problem is like, are you really going to enforce that on the day of the wedding? Right. Right. Like I will I have to eat before everybody else. That's just a petty thing. I have to eat before everybody else or else I leave like. Really, you're like going to pack up in the middle of a wedding because you didn't get your lasagna or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I would be shocked. So and for the record, I always eat last because I'm usually the one releasing tables. But that's yeah, yeah, yeah. separate issue. But I, yeah, I think if it's not something that you are willing to go to bat for that clause mm -hmm. on the day of. then what's the point? What's the point of it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say as well, I think it's so important for you to have multiple people read over your contract because something yeah. might make total sense to you but someone else might be like that doesn't make sense very similarly when it comes to your clients signing your contract i hate when people just blindly sign it right i know um so if someone says hey i want a book and they're there i say hey take a moment read through the contract yeah. as you go through it let me know what questions you have because yeah. even if something is so clear as day to 90% of people, someone's not going to understand it correctly. So give your clients that opportunity to ask the questions and clarify. There's nothing worse than they signed it a year or two ago and now there's a question and they're like, well, I signed it, but that didn't make sense. Or, well, I don't agree with that. Like, make sure they fully understand what they are signing. Yeah, I love that. I, I think that's great. Um, yeah, I need to... I need to be more diligent about that. That's that's great. It It's a good way to protect yourself. Yeah. I think, too, this one's a little harder to watch over, but make sure whoever is signing it, I guess whoever is not signing it, but is just as involved is also aware. So if your bride is signing it, but her mother does not understand what she has signed, yeah. that's another... Conflict, yeah. It can cause some issues. So that's another way to protect yourself. Yeah. Um, side note, but, uh, I think maybe I've told you, but in my contract, I literally have a line that says, regardless of who pays for part or all of the wedding, the final decision lies with the couple. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah. I don't think we have that. That's nice. Yeah. So that way, if like a mother of the bride comes and says, well, I pay, well, I don't care. <laughs> right. It's in the contract. I, oh, it should be on pet peeves. But I hate when people say that when they're like, well, I'm paying for the wedding and I want this. And it's like, I bless your soul. I don't care what you want. I right. care what the bride wants. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. So, oh, I hate that. Yeah. Uh, another place that you can really protect yourself to preparation is in the planning phase. Um, yeah. When you're planning, I think it's um, most couples have not been through this, right? Mm -hmm. I'd say probably 75% of couples that I deal with, maybe 90% are, this is their first marriage yeah. and they've never been through this. And so it's important to lay out what the wedding is going to look like through the eyes of experience yeah, as opposed to just, I mean, cause sometimes I'm sure that you get it. Um, I can think of one specific example that you shared with me, <laughs> but, uh, I don't want to throw any, anyone under the bus. So I won't share it, but sometimes their vision does not line up with reality. Yeah, no, exactly. I, the thing is, is they are looking to you to be the expert. Now, again, it's all how you present yourself. You don't want to be like, well, that's a stupid idea, right, like, right, right. you know, but they're looking to you to be the expert, but yeah. it's a balance of being the expert, but also going along with what they want. If you have voiced the concern and the result yeah. and they're still like, mm, I want to do it. Ultimately, it's their decision. It's their decision. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. As long as there's nothing unsafe about it. It's, right. Right. But yeah, I think we talked about this uh, in the when to say no episode mm -hmm. um, that you know, if they come to you with a suggestion and you know it's not going to work, instead of just saying, now we're not going to do that, saying, well, what about this? And just redirect them to something that will work. Yeah. Or again, give your clients some credit and explain it logically. Yeah. And a lot of times they'll be like, oh, I didn't think about that. That makes sense. Totally. So, you know. Yeah. Um, I think, too, in the planning process, I'm going to bring up that quote again, but under communication leads to frustration. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the experiences that I've had where things go wrong is because we didn't over communicate. Sure. And so, you know, again, I'm, I'm such a big advocate for having a paper trail. <laughs> Make sure everything has a paper trail. That way they can't call your bluff if yeah. it's not a bluff. Um, but just if there is anything, just communicate it. That's, you know, a lot of frustrations are going to come when there is a lack of communication yeah i won't i won't go into details but we just had a whole situation this last weekend and honestly it could have been completely avoided if there was over communication right so right yeah i mean they may get annoyed a little bit like yeah why are you telling me this but then in the moment you know like i mean i can't i can't tell you how many times i've tried to over communicate to an officiant that has never officiated before and i say please Remember to invite them to be seated. Right. Invite the guests to be seated. You got it? Invite the guests to be seated. Okay? So yeah. I, when you start, invite the guests to be seated. And then the the ceremony starts and they don't invite the guests to be seated. The amount of ceremonies I have stood in the back waving to sit down right. is unreal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, exactly. So over communication. Um, and I think over communication more than once. Uh, like instead of just doing it one time. Like it should be different time, different meetings. Yeah. If it's something very important. Agreed. Yeah. I think too, it should be different ways. So, yeah. you know, again, always have a paper trail, but if you tell them, tell them in person, then send them a text, 
then send it in an email. Like, yeah. make sure it goes over different ways. People receive information better through different means of communication. Yeah. So, and through time, you understand what things are important to over communicate and what mm -hmm. things don't really matter. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, another thing that I like to over communicate, uh, as far as the DJ side goes, the entertainment side, celebrating side, I, I think, um, I like to tell them that the wedding is wherever they are. So mm -hmm. if in, and I just had a consultation with a couple yesterday and I told them, listen, if the dancing is really important to you, not saying it has to be, but if the dancing is important to you, make sure you're on the dance floor. Because if you're on the dance floor, yeah. guests are going to be on the dance floor. If you're by the fire pit, that's where guests are going to be. Exactly. So if you want everybody dancing, but you don't want to dance, just know that it's, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. No, that's a great point. I love that. Um, I also tell them that, uh, Based, like, I, I try and be, <clears throat> I try and be honest with them about what the outcome of their plans are. Um, and like you said earlier, if you go through it and you say, okay, based on my experience, your plan is going to lead to this. And they say, I don't care. I want mm -hmm. to do it anyways. And they say, okay, sounds good. But I make sure that I voice my concerns and I tell yeah. them specifically, this is what's going to happen. If you have music that is all indie music that nobody else knows, it's not going to lead to a full dance floor. Mm -hmm. So if you're okay with that, if the music is more important than the dancing, then that's great with me. I'm yeah. on board, but just know that that's the outcome. So that way when it happens, they can't say, nobody's dancing. You can say, well, I'm happy to make them dance. But Right. So, oh, exactly. Again, that clear communication. Yep. So I yep. totally agree. Um, this next point, protecting yourself through preparation i mean we've probably beat this to death but yeah. <laughs> backups backup have backups are so important if you fail to plan you plan to fail uh if you if if you have backups you're also just going to feel confident that if something goes yeah. wrong you're set yeah exactly well that's the thing i think i've said this before but like you know again voicing that what the backups are you don't even need to go super in depth but if a bride comes to you and says well, what happens if this happens? Yeah. And you can confidently say, don't worry about it. We've got backups. Don't even stress. Like, yeah. that's just going to go over so much better. You're going to be confident in that answer and it's going to show in your performance. Yep. So. Exactly. 100%. Uh, and the last thing is reviews. Um, if you've done everything right uh, and you've really killed it, then you should get a good review. Yeah. It really helps, though, if you prepare your client by using reviews in the sales process mm -hmm. and then telling them before the wedding, um, now if we do a good job, and you can phrase it however you want, but if you do a good job, I'd love to see a good review from you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think too with reviews, you know, we've mentioned this before, but just making it as easy as possible. Yeah. So even afterwards, having just like a, leave us a quick review or whatever, you yeah. know, they, it's, they're going to go out of, they're going to do it if it's in their path, yeah. if that makes sense. You will get people who will go out of their way to look you up on Google and leave yeah. a review, but the odds are a lot less. Um, one example for like a venue stance is have a little QR code somewhere that just oh, says, cool. yeah. have a great time, leave us a review. Like, yeah. You know, with us having a lodge, it doesn't it doesn't have to be part of the wedding at yeah. all. It can just be like, I mean, even as simple as like in the bathroom, like yeah. leave us a review. Like yeah. it doesn't take away from the wedding. It's right there in sight. So, yep. Alan Berg just had a podcast where he said something like, I have this note on my desk. It's a, re I think it was a receipt from a restaurant 
And he said, I'm leaving it there until I leave a review, but I need it in my face. And so yeah. you should be in your face politely with right. your client and remind them because yeah. a lot of times they want to leave a review, but life gets busy. Exactly. So, I agree. I mean, yeah. the amount of times I think oh, I should leave them a review and then I'm like, oh, I haven't done it. I haven't done it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So. Agreed. So. Yeah, there are a lot of things that you can do. That I'm sure there's some things that we miss um, yeah. in regards to protecting yourself through preparation. If there's something that you think of that we missed, let us know. Um, maybe we'll do a part two. But um, yeah, so essential. If you prepare, you're going to feel good and a lot less will go wrong. Totally agreed. Yeah. So. Okay. We'll All see right. you. See you later. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Top Secret Wedding Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review us, and we'll see you next time.